Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest vodcast. And this will be on the benefits of thin client IT architecture. And you might say at first, gee, what kind of crazy title is it? Uh, or what topic are we discussing? Well, this is a talk I gave at the Siemens World Users Meeting in Berlin in May 2007. And I've modified it just a touch, but I thought it actually uh, forced me to think about uh, how we do things and how we potentially can do things in terms of. Uh, post-processing and the whole environment radiology. So let me uh, first give you a couple comments. So I was trying to think about this talk and I was flying to Berlin which is a nine-hour flight from New York and I was thinking about how to start the lecture and then I read this article in Diagnostic Imaging in their throwaway supplement and here's what it said there can be no doubt that heavy lifting at 3D workstations will be performed by technologists. That is not to say that physicians will play no role Physicians will serve in a supervisory capacity, responsible for setting protocols and troubleshooting individual cases when needed. And the author goes on to also say that if MSCT and advanced imaging processing were as easy and intuitive as we've been told, we'd have no need to discuss workflow management. Our work would flow with no management at all. Thank you very much. Well, I should comment, and there is a disclaimer on the article, and this article tended to focus about why you should send your 3D processing to uh, an outside company and the author of the article just happened to have a company that did 3D imaging and so you could say this article is totally self-serving which I'm sure it is but the point is this comment and I'll go back to the prior slide that physicians will I'm not saying they're not going to play any role they'll play some supervisory role that sounds like you're a peacekeeper the, my point has always been that we're not providing supervisory roles. We're providing the key role. We are the person doing the processing. And this is why thin client's going to make that difference. Now, it's just some statements, some things that I really know. Demand for CT services, and as you know, demand for CT services has never been higher. The demands on us for rapid turnaround, the increased study complexity, and the need for post-processing is increasing on a quarterly basis. 10 to 15 percent. We also know unfortunately that reimbursement is flat or decreasing and so we need an efficient operation yet we want one that does not compromise on the excellence we're able to provide in patient care. My philosophy is that life is more than axial images. The future of CT is not more slices and not just simply scrolling faster but volumetric visualization. And the future of CT is dependent on tools that extract the maximum information from a CT exam. CTs have so much information. We've spoken about this at length. There's so much information that we don't use, and it's really in the post-processing end that this information really comes to front and center. In saying that, we need to do things in a simple way. They can't be too complicated. Leonardo da Vinci said simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. We use that rule every day. Peter Drucker, who's a real guru in business, also said there's nothing so useless as doing efficiently that which should not be done at all. So again, we're just not looking at doing efficiently things because maybe we shouldn't be doing them. So the question is, what should you do? What do you need to do? And how can you do it in a way that makes your operation efficient and the process simple? There is no brilliance in taking a process and making it incredibly complex. There's no brilliance in that. The brilliance is in making something simple. 
It's important to recognize that scanner technology defines the potential applications possible with CT, but it's really the post-processing tools that make it possible to do these applications and it's really that which determines our workflow. Now, of course, if you have a four-slice scanner, you're not going to worry about cardiac CT because the scanner won't let you. So the 64 provides us the possibility. It's the tools after the fact that allow us to really reap all the benefits. And when you ask me about what CT is in the past, maybe you would have shown slices, but now I show volumes of data. Whether it's the heart or it's the pancreas, whether it's extremities, whether it's the mesentery, whether it's the colon, whether it's vascular, it doesn't matter. These are all 3D images and truly showing you what CT really is today. Not a series of slices, but a series of significant information. So how do we get this information? Well, we have tools. Now, just developing post-processing tools is not that helpful because if the tools aren't that useful, they solve nothing. So we need something that solves a problem, makes a solution of a task easier or faster or more accurate, or provides additional information that was not provided by a prior solution. A new solution doesn't mean it's a better solution. We need the best solutions. And there are many tools now, and I'll just list a couple of them, that are coming on the market from different vendors that are really making things easier for us. Now there are things built into our systems that we don't use already. So again, one of the things is training. And here's a tool on our workstation, which is a tool that allows you to do lighting models. You do shading on InSpace. Now you can say, what are all these balls and what are these controls? My God, are we flying a rocket ship? Well, it's very simple to use the controls and to use the presets. But what does it provide? Well, if I look at an extremity, Look at this case. I could vary things a bit with volume rendering to accentuate the visualization of bone, muscle, and soft tissue and vessels. But I also can change many things simply by changing the lighting model. And the lighting model, as shown by the arrow in this case, will allow us to accentuate different structures by how we shine the light on an object. You can show things better or worse or differently. The ability to change how we see things based on a lighting model is indeed very critical and a potential key application. And you just can see looking at this series of images how we can easily do that and how things become better seen or seen in a different light, as so to speak. Or in this example, again, four sets of images. Look at the lighting model change and look how we accentuate and make the vessels of the forearm look different and how well we can see them just simply by changing the lighting model and then changing the volume rendering. Similar example, look at this patient's foot. Two different lighting models. Look at the ulceration in the first toe. The patient's had an amputation of the second toe. It's a diabetic. But just look at the difference by simply changing the lighting model and seeing the ulceration of the great toe. And look at the difference by the lighting model of being able to see the patient's footprint. Look how different that footprint looks depending where we shine the light. And if we want to see smaller structures, this lighting model becomes critical. If I want to bring to visualization the internal mammary arteries in the best detail possible, it's a lighting model which allows me to do it. And if I want to look at the intercostal arteries, look at the left chest in this patient. I'm going to show you a series of about eight or ten images. I'm simply going to change the lighting model to increase the visibility. 
and you can see very nicely as we go through these images depending where the lighting model is I see things differently I see the vessels better or I see them worse I see them with shadows or I see them without shadows it's the visualization that really happens so again here's a tool that's available we haven't been using it but it's something we should use so again training becomes critical so our experience we've done CT for 21 years now and there are some trends we think are obvious and hopefully you think they're obvious as well post-processing is critical to our referring docs we started with orthopedics we moved to vascular surgery now it's GI surgery cardiac surgery radiation therapy pediatrics it's everybody 3D imaging allows us to interact with our referring physicians and in this era of electronic imaging that is critical contact with referring docs has dropped by 90% or 95% based on the literature and probably all of our experiences 3D brings us back into front and center and I will tell you that if you do it correctly it is a good financial model everyone worries about income and revenue and I am telling you it is not very bad it is actually indeed very good I'm also going to tell you and I'm not going to discuss it here the best way to do volume rendering is interactively as a comprehensive study axials coronal sagittals 3d need to be done at one time now we do it in at Hopkins in sort of a fashion like that but we have a 3d lab so the classic thing has been that you do things in the 3D lab most of the time, most of the processing. Now that's worked very well. Now in our case, our 3D lab is radiologists, not technologists, but it works very well. And you can see that our data, our growth has been 15 to 25 or 30 percent a year. We're doing greater than 8,000 CT angios these days that are requested and are paid for. And you can see the growth curve is very nice. But it really is the workflow, particularly as you get busier who does it where is it done and who should have access to the technology so a 3d lab is efficient and right now I'm sitting in my 3d lab as I dictate this and I'm doing many cases today but we also have capabilities at the scanner in the reading areas we have it everywhere because you need to have the capability everywhere and anywhere now the issue with that of course is expensive I mentioned there are many ways of looking at 3d modeling if you want to use technologists, I'm not going to stop you. Can't stop you. I'm, I'm on the end of a, a dictating machine here. No, but in all seriousness, there are many ways of doing it. I think over time you will see why a radiologist-driven model makes all the sense in the world. But in saying that, you really have to think about the process. If someone else is doing images for you, then what really is happening? Are they creating the images and you're interpreting the images? Is there a difference between creating and interpreting? Well, the answer is if I do everything and I'm the interpreter and creator, then it's a one-step shop. I know what I saw. I know what I need to see. I did everything correctly. On the other hand, if someone else is creating and I'm interpreting, then I'm only going to see what they saw. I'm only going to see what they thought they saw. I'm not going to see what they did not see. And I may see things, in fact, that were really not there, but seem to be there because of the way the editing is done. And if you're looking at post-process images that are given to you, you better be careful. Do not be so confident in your interpretation, and you better beware of what lies in the darkness. Because I can promise you that in nearly every case, I can hide critical information, or I can create information that will confuse you and create pseudo-lesions. So several examples. 
Here's a case of an aortic aneurysm with dissection, which is coming on the volume rendered image just past the left subclavian. If I gave you the MIP, it's mid-thoracic, it seems to be. You would be incorrect as to the origin and extent of this dissection. Or this case, I always like to show about this hepatic mass, which is not an hepatic mass, but it's the base of the heart. But the images were edited incorrectly. Or this example with classic portal vein thrombosis, but not occlusive on volume rendering. And on MIP, we've cured the patient. So you need to see things yourself, or you can make terrible errors. Now, I think there is a solution to this problem, and that's the client-server model. Now, when we did 3D training in the past, people would say to us the systems were so-so, image quality was so-so, that's why they weren't interested. And then in the five years ago, we noticed that people were more interested, the workstations got better, the scanners got better, and people complain about training. Now training is less of an issue, and now system availability. We have one workstation, 10 people reading, and the workstation's down the hall, I don't have the time to get up and use it, maybe it's tied up. And that's an issue with fixed workstations. They're in one location, they only have the cases you send to them, and maybe the case is not on there that you want to look at. It's a high cost per seat, workstations are 120 to $250,000, depending on who the manufacturer is. And again, it really has limited access to all users because it's only one user at a time. Well, in this past uh, October, we went to a client server model. And what that does is it takes everything we have already and keeps it. But now we have a system that connects everything. What the client server model is, very briefly, you have a powerful workstation remotely placed. All the images go there and people can access the workstation from any PC or now Apple computer running the Intel uh, with Intel processors and what you're able to do is remotely log on use your computer which is often a cheap computer as the interface all the processing is done on the workstation and with this system many advantages occur there's more users per system and so there's lower cost these um, client server models cost about two times the classic workstation but that still decreases your cost per person who uses it by a factor of 10. It allows access because although it only allows 20 users at a time, I can have that code to 200, 300 people, or in fact now 400 people, because reality is not everyone's trying to access things at the same time. And now they can access them from anywhere. Quality is the same. The only limitation now is that most of these client-server systems don't have all the functionality of a classic workstation, but that's just a matter of time till that happens. Well, what's the impact in clinical practice? Well, if something is available everywhere to everybody all of the time, it means that you're not just looking at things in a single lab or at the scanner, you're looking at things everywhere. And at Hopkins has made our 3D stations go from seven locations to over 400 locations. And it just continues to grow. Now the system we use is WebSpace and that's the Siemens system. And again, the key about the systems, this client-server model, is that it really allows integration of all of our post-processing throughout the enterprise. And that was something that's not possible with single workstations. And so the users are everybody, from radiologists to the referring docs, to treating physicians, to residents, fellows, and students. It allows us to do routine teleradiology from home via cable modem or uh, DSL connectivity. 
It's a plug and play system in secure networks. You can go across VPN lines and it works very nicely. Things I didn't think about, we do many of our conferences in real time because they're done on a computer. Every, every uh, conference room has a computer, but they don't have workstations. Now the computer in the conference room has become a workstation and I'm able to do the 3D imaging, give my diagnosis, and patients can be managed quickly from those diagnoses. Now, again, these things are not just another workstation. Things are different. There's more processing available everywhere and anywhere. And what you're going to see that's going to provide in the future is you'll do your cardiac CT wherever you are. You'll do that post-processing. You'll see new tools like oncology where you can do tumor volumetrics or the computer does them simply by touching the lesion. And not only can you calculate the volumes, but you can calculate the volumes and growth over time. Think about reading this in oncology. Now are the challenges to this client server model? You bet there are. Now instead of training a few radiologists or technologists, you may have to train the entire hospital. Who's going to do that training? That is an issue. You're going to need super users to do training. Uh, now, there's also the thing about availability anxiety. In the past, we controlled all the 3D. We sent you the images. Well, now other people can do post-processing. Is that a challenge? Yes. Is it a problem? Hopefully not. I think we're still the experts. We're the masters of this domain, and you've got to be the master of the domain. What the other people are doing with 3D now is using it as a replacement to looking at film. No one can look at thousands of axial slices. 3D, as we know, gets around the problem. So in saying that, our conclusions, our model is a radiologist-driven post-processing model. Radiologists most aggressively pursue post-processing. A client-server model makes it easier because it puts it on every desktop. It makes availability always there. And that will indeed change how we practice. Everybody's going to a client-server model or some variation. And there's no doubt, to quote John Kennedy, changes are the law of life. Those who look only to the present or past are certain to miss the future. And the future is no doubt going to be away from these fixed stations and more to distributed computing, of which client-server is a very nice model. And with that, if you have any questions about this, email me on CTSS. If not, I'll see you at the next lecture. Bye-bye.